open houses aren't to sell the house, they're to get clients. Yep. And when I first started, someone told me, oh, open house is a waste of time, they never sell a house. You're right, they don't sell that house, but they do sure as heck get you additional swings and clients to be in front of people. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Recording in progress again. Does everybody love the new warning that Zoom gives us? Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I'm your host, and today I get to talk to Mark McGuire. Mark's from Lansdale, Pennsylvania, the H-Fire Holdings, H-Fire Capital, a lot of different business stuff he's doing. He's you know, started as an agent, team leader, doing all sorts of fun stuff now. Mark, how's it going? Aaron, good to see you, brother. Good to see your face again, man. It's been a while since we had the chance to connect. Yes, the so much fun. The It's it's awesome. Before we hit record, we were joking about some of the old podcasts. I know you've, you've listened to a ton of our podcasts, but I have to, I'm going to ask you again on the air. What was your favorite podcast that you've listened to of our real estate rockstars podcast yeah my favorite podcast and i don't remember the woman's name but there was an agent that just had an absolute meltdown and basically called pat hyben tracy like, unprofessional yes that was tracy tudor episode 800 it was it's the most it's the funniest it's one of the funniest podcasts so listeners if you haven't gone to that one yet if you haven't been around go back and listen to episode 800 it'll take you three minutes it don't is. even don't listen to it. Watch the video because the video is that much better because the hairdresser is doing her hair as she's screaming at Pat. That what type of questions are these? Yes, yes. Episode eight hundred. Go to our YouTube page and watch that, everybody. Because yes, so Tracy Tudor, she's from Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles, right, or somewhere. Million Dollar, one of the Million Dollar Listing shows. She's on there. Pat's asking her the questions we ask everybody, and during the recording, someone is like doing her hair while she's talking, and she. Turns off her camera, thinking that Pat cannot hear her. And at that point, she starts talking all sorts of stuff. Uh, and, uh, and then Pat says, hey, I can hear you. So that's going to be enough of a plant. Go listen to episode 800. The, but other than that, most of the time, we get to talk about fun real estate stuff, fun, actionable real estate stuff. When did you become a real estate agent, Mark? I became a real estate agent in March of 2012. And was that out in Pennsylvania? Yep, always in Pennsylvania. Yeah. We're Northwest, like 45 minutes Northwest of Philly. Okay. So the, I had some buddies who used to live over by there. The, I forget the little town they were in. It wasn't, it wasn't Lansdale, but 45 minutes Northwest of Philly was the area. So why do you want to become a real estate agent? Yeah. So actually um, I tried to not become a real estate agent. I actually played in a band professionally for uh, seven and a half years. And what band um, did you play in? What kind of music did you guys play? Yeah. So the name of the band was Find Vienna. Um, then they switched to the name uh, Bel Air, B E L H E I R. In fact, I think they, I've done more uh, publicity for them since I left the band than I ever did while I was with the band. But uh, it was an awesome, it was an awesome experience. I learned a ton, failed a lot, and um, it's my first business venture. Dude, that's awesome. Find Vienna. From yeah. if you type that in, it says an alternative rock band from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The uh, you know the Reverb Nation. There's some pictures. The uh, alternative rock man. Reverb Nation. Oh my god! I can't. I was born in 1980, so I'll, so I'll, alternative rock. I'm sure I would have been a huge fan. That's when when I was in high school was so much of the fun alternative rock that changed the world. So that, that is hysterical, dude. My world. So you were in a band, and then someday after that, you realize 
what I need to go sell this house or you know, being yeah, well someday uh, while I'm being in the band, I was like, wow, this doesn't pay anybody any money for a long time. So I'm going to have to figure something else out here. So I was actually a maintenance guy working in multifamily properties. I was the guy that, you know, if the, if the toilet got clogged, I was the one who got the call to come unclog it. So at night you're playing in a band and during the day you're unclogging toilets at, a, at an apartment complex. Yeah. And I was like, wow, there's gotta be more to life than this. And uh, my cousin was like, hey, man, you know, you'd be great at residential real estate sales because my cousin was in uh, real estate brokerage. In fact, my grandfather was in real estate brokerage. They actually, I think, built RESPA for his company because he had a tax, tax business, insurance business, title company, property management company. They had owned five offices in, in our area where we live. And um, I didn't want to go into real estate for the, the very reason of I didn't want to like fall in line on the family stuff. And, and then my cousin basically was one was like, hey, you'd be killer you should do this. You don't need a college education because I didn't have a degree. Yeah. So I thought I needed the degree. Sure. Like, cool. So I don't need a degree to be an agent. This is, that sounds like way better than unclogging toilets at an apartment complex. And so where did you first go to work? So my family owned um, a bunch of multifamily properties. I, in fact, I didn't know that they had them until I was about 20. No, so 18 or 19 is when I actually learned what they had. Never knew. That's a whole other story for later. Yeah. Yeah. So I never knew what my family had. They were the quintessential millionaire next door. Uh, they didn't flaunt anything, drove old cars, lived in simple houses, just reinvested every blessed cent. So I, I had really good role models and I was fortunate. Cool. So the, so you knew that even, yeah. So you find out 18 or 19, my family actually owns a bunch of apartment complexes, but stay humble anyway. What a cool lesson to learn. I did not learn that lesson soon enough in life. I think I had lost millions of dollars twice before I learned that lesson. And so, um, so awesome. So you were already by 19, you were already learning more than me about life with that. So you started becoming an agent that way. What was your, what was your first deal? Do you remember how you got your first deal? I do remember my first deal. In fact, it was a bank owned deal that I did. It was 20. It was May of 2012 was when it closed. I put under contract in March for closed at first in May of 2012. Yeah. And uh, that was back when you could buy things for nothing and you could like find a deal with a blindfold and you could throw a dart at a map and you hit one. So were you buying for yourself? Were you buying for an investor? Was it for a client? No, it was for a client. It actually, my very first house that I ever sold was actually my grandfather's for my grandfather. Yeah. And uh, then I went to closing and we, I got my license while I was working with my grandfather. And um, we went to closing and he said, great, go put your work clothes on. We're going to go start ripping this house up. So I literally changed out of my fancy shirt and tie. And it was 97 degrees in an unair conditioned uh, 1920s row home. And I started ripping up the floor in, uh, in the kitchen. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Dude, Mark. So my son Brax has just entered the podcast studio. We'll see how long he makes it in here. As he's looking for his VR. You find it back there, buddy? All right. You got to bring that into the house. We'll see how long he stays. You might see him in a second. The, Beautiful. Uh, he makes it on the podcast at least once a month. The, and at most people's comments is your son never wears a shirt. And that's true. The, at least he wears pants. He's a little five-year-old. He's wearing pants as he's running by with his VR. See you later, buddy. See you. <laughs> After a while. After a while, crocodile. I'll shut that door for you. <laughs> that's awesome. The, uh, the joys yesterday or day before was national sun's day. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I saw national daughter's day all over Facebook. 
And the and then National Sons Day came, and I didn't see that. And I had to actually message my mom. And so I saw that great post you told about my sister the other day, but you forgot me. So anyway, there's my son. So Brax, sorry, interrupting, but there's nothing more fun than getting to get interrupted like that. So you start, so your grandfather was like your first client. You got to kind of get, when my, when my wife became an agent, same, it was similar, right? Like her first listing was, you know, a house that I bought at foreclosure and my dad was the investor owner. Right. And it's yep. like getting in. And at the same time, it wasn't just being an agent. So back in 2012, when you bought that, that, that was a deep time when we were deep into flipping. And most agents at that time weren't just doing the real estate part and maybe not most, but most of them that I knew, it was this full service thing of part of the way you got somebody to hire you as an agent is you were also willing to manage their construction or you were going to help do extra stuff. It wasn't just getting them the deal. It was kind of like you had to do a whole bunch of other services too, in order to make sure you were the agent that was going to represent them. And it was, was that similar for you? Was it a same, same story? I, yeah, I would say no, but I, for that particular case, but I do think that right now, I mean, people don't know if you haven't been in the business and I wasn't even in it back in the run up on originally, but if you haven't been in the business since like, you know, 2010, 11, 12, when you really got to see like some real blood running in the streets, mm-hmm. but you, people take for granted how easy it is right now to get a deal done. I mean, you could, you could do everything incorrectly and still come out smelling like roses just because of the, the market climate right now. I mean, I've watched a lot of bad business go on, a lot of poor you know, decisions and choices by agents, and they still get the deal closed. If you did that back in 2013, 14, when it was hard to get a deal done, you got blacklisted. And the people who were in the business then were only the heavy hitters. So getting started back then, it was tough to get accepted because you, you had to build the trust and you know, instill confidence that you were going to execute. If you signed it up on the front end, you better be getting your buyer to the, to the, end, to the table at the end. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. It, it is such a good point. The When the market is this strong and it keeps going up just about everywhere in the country right now, it makes people that are bad investors look brilliant. It makes, you know, it, it's almost like it used to be if it takes you too long to fix up the property, you're, you know, killing your chances. And now it's like the, the longer you kind of screw up, 
the longer you wait, if a, if a construction takes 90 days instead of 30, you've actually made your more money instead of less. So, so yeah, so you could screw up deals right now and get them in. And there was definitely a time that it's tougher. You know, if you were, what do you think the best way for somebody to get a new client right now is like on, on the buyer side, on the seller side, best way to get deals. What's the deal flow that your team is using? Yeah. So right now, I mean, we are very heavy in relationships. I mean, I think the, the best way to, to find an, a, a piece of business is to go to the people who know you, like you and trust you. And that's, you know, tried and true, you know, cliche sphere, repeat referral type clients, but we're super, super heavy there. And we're super intentional about working that angle and, and working that pool of people to then get those people to help, you know, bird dog for us. So getting the people who are, you know, can speak to our character, can speak to our work ethic and can speak to our knowledge base and would trust us that like, Hey, look, they might have all the answers, but they'll get the answer and they will do the right thing even when it's hard. So we really lean hard right now on our, on our spheres, our spheres, spheres to try to you know, go the next level, another level deeper. And then if we can go at one more level beyond that. So just working that initial core group of you know, people who would advocate and go to, go to absolute war for you, utilizing them to go a step deeper and then seeing what connections that they have and then going another step deeper if we can. Does that make sense? Yeah. The you know, similar question, maybe same answer. So like, what, what's something you wish you would have known about real estate when you first got started? I mean, because it was... You I would wish weren't sure you're were going to be an agent. What do you wish you would have known? I think when I first got started, I have a sarcastic answer, then I have a real answer. Yeah. Sarcastic answer would be I wish I would have known how many uh, state licenses I would unofficially get by being a real estate professional. So I'm yeah. now officially a therapist, I'm an accountant, I am uh, an attorney, like all these things that everybody thinks that, like, well, well, what do you think? I'm like, well, I'm not qualified to tell you. I, I, I think I have the right answer, but like, you can sue me if I give you the wrong one and I overstep my bounds. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who just like you become, you know, a real estate professional, but then it's nine o'clock at night on a Friday night or a Saturday night and people are calling crying to you. And you're like, how did we get here? That's such a good example. I mean, and I think so many of our listeners that have been around for a long time are, are shaking their heads, agreeing with you right now. And some of the new people maybe haven't experienced that yet, but that is, that is such a real part of the process is by becoming a real estate agent. If you're, if you're a good real estate agent, you're developing deep relationships with people. And as you're developing these deep relationships with people, then yes, they're calling you crying about this. They're asking you about this. It is the biggest decision they've ever made. Or it's one of the biggest decisions they're, they're ever made, especially right now when it's like people are, you know, if they're having a tough time getting qualified, right? This is our dream house, but are we going to lose it? Like, what do you mean we're going to lose it? How do we, how do we use it? Or we can't afford more, but we want more. It is an emotional roller coaster. So you're right. You aren't just a real estate agent. You become an attorney. You become a therapist. You become a life coach. You got a financial manager. And, uh, and at the end of the day, the, it doesn't always, I mean, the relationship doesn't end at closing, which is good because you said most of your stuff comes from referrals. All right. Did you have a different answer? Did you have another answer? No, I mean, a, a very serious answer would be that open houses aren't to sell the house, they're to get clients. Yep. And when I first started, someone told me, oh, open house is a waste of time. They never sell a house. You're right. They don't sell that house, but they do sure as heck get you additional swings and clients to be in front of people. So um, if you take nothing else, if you take one nugget away from this, and I know we're living in the COVID world here where 
you know, masks, no masks, opinions, no opinions, whatever. Open houses are one of the best places where new agents can get business on day one. And by the way, agents that have been around for a while don't want to do them because they don't have to do them. So go talk to an older agent who's freaking tired and doesn't want to do that open house and go ask if you can sit it for them and then capture all the leads. And just know that people are there to pull the trigger on and do something. They're just not sure on what they're pulling the trigger yet. Especially yeah, the when Kalina had a bunch of listings, so many people would reach out and say, hey, can I host an open house there this weekend? Because at that point, she didn't want to be a buyer's agent. She didn't want those extra leads. We were busy with what we were doing. And so many people would reach out to her and say, hey, can we be your open house agent? And she got this this like big team of open house agents and they weren't working with her. There wasn't a property or anything, but they would essentially go represent her and do this. And it was this great relationship. Every once in a while, they would get to represent a buyer on the house. But most of the time, you know, it was a way to show they were open. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Open houses accomplish two things. For the person holding them open, it's going to get them clients. And then two, sellers like to see open houses, just flat out. Like you could tell a seller, an open house is not going to sell your house, but they don't care. They want to see an open house every day. They want to see, you know, balloons up on, on the edge. They want to know that you're doing everything you can to sell the house. And so it could be a great win-win, especially if you're a newer agent in your first couple of years, if you're struggling getting, or if, even if you've been an agent for a while and you're struggling getting leads again, why not try that new tried and true thing that people haven't done for a while? Reach out to somebody that has listings, say, can I hold your house open? And that two-way street benefit is the benefit for them is now their seller is going to get to see open houses at their listings. Again, hey, somebody's trying really hard to do this. And as a buyer, you get all those leads. So- Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Bob. You know, on an interview last week with agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. 
All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. Before we hit record, we talked about some of the you know mistakes in real estate, some of the challenging uh, parts of it of essentially hiring the wrong people. You said some of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest mistakes around there that kind of you made or a real estate agent can make is hiring the wrong people. Tell me about that process. Tell me about what, tell me about what happened. Yeah. So I, I started trying to build a team in 2016. That was when I'd been introduced to Keller Williams and the idea of building a team and building something beyond just myself. Because while I liked the, you know, the gross income, um, what I found was I hated the lifestyle I was building for myself because I was just constantly chained to my phone. And it was starting to strain my, my marriage. It was really starting to you know, strain my friendships and, and, and strain my relationship with my, my, my parents, my, my siblings. And because um, all I did was work and it was like the running joke. Well, I, where's Mark? Guys, probably working again. And I mean, I still, I like to work and I enjoy working, but I don't want it to be that I have to work. I want it to be that I choose to work. And so that was my whole thought with building a team. And in order to build a team, you have to start hiring people. Mm-hmm. And when you first start hiring people, you don't know anything. You don't know who you want. You lean on people who've hired before to give you guidance. I tried to do that. I, I got lukewarm guidance at best. And you know, then you got to set things up the right way. So um, you got to really make sure that you structure your company the right way first to be able to actually go and set up payroll. And, and, and you, know, you really want to make sure you understand your order of hiring and you get that assistant first. But beyond the positions that you need to fill, it's really like, who is the person who's filling the position? Not like in theory, yes, this is the order of hiring in, you know, the, you may hire one, hire two, hire three, like there's, you know, a pretty clear path of who you should hire, but it's who is the person at their core that you're hiring? Like, what do they stand for? And I think where I made a big mistake was just because I didn't know any better. I didn't really take time to think about what are the non-negotiables that need to be a part of this person's moral fiber in order for them to work within an organization that has my vision long-term? And that was where, you know, in the last year, I've really spent a lot of time. And by the way, if you're counting, that's like, this is five years. In the last year, I got intentional on building out our core values and what we really stand for. And it wasn't until I had my entire team basically turn on its head, made a bad hire. They, they totally, I would say, you know, infiltrated the culture and then tried to turn everybody against me at the top that, that I learned that lesson. And it was a tough lesson to learn. Yeah. Cameron Harold is one of my, it's one of my business coaches. One of the guys I look up to, especially when it comes to culture and hiring and people. And he was one of the first guys that told me your, your company values, your company core values need to be something that's so, that is so clear that you hire or fire based on it, that you actually say, hey, that action was against this core value, which here is a warning. And if it happens again, you're going to get terminated. And it really made me start looking at core values different, but it also takes some of the responsibility off of the leader when it comes to hiring or making those decisions. It's like, here is our core values, very clean. If you guys are are trying to figure out how to build a vision, how to build core values, go check out uh, Cameron Harold and some of the stuff he does. Mark, the you've got your core values just sitting for you at your desk? Yeah, ma'am. All day, every day. So right there, right in front of you, it says, uh, says the Mark McGuire team, core values, honest, accountable, loyal, coachable, committed, and selfless. Like the 
honest, accountable, loyal, like just those three things there are ones where you can say, I can hire based on that, or I can fire based on that. Here is where someone, here's an example where you were not being honest. And a small lie is a big lie. I've had that happen a couple of times recently in business where just the smallest lies happen and started to go like, oh, but that's so bad. Because if they're willing to say that, like the, you know, how important is that? And if you're somebody that it's first, if it's front and center honesty, uh, then that has to be something where, wow, a small lie becomes a big lie. Yeah. I, I bet. Yeah. I'm assuming like, right. How, like, does that, yeah. I mean, you give out? an inch, take a mile kind of deal. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's really challenging. I mean, honestly, these core values came about as a result of all the people who aren't still with our team because everybody who is with the team possesses these six core values and everybody who is not with the team. One of these was fundamentally flawed, at least one of them, if not two to three. And so I had to go back through my, my mistakes and sit in those mistakes and put myself in that place mentally and emotionally to say, like, where, who is it that I really want in my world going forward? Who is it that I really expect to take this vision I have and not only uphold it, but make it better and what it's required of that? And, and it really took myself and two other members of my executive team to sit down over a period of, you know, we've hashed it out over like a month and a half where we sat down with what we really like from people. We wrote out all the things that people did that were not okay and why they're not here. Then we distilled that down and then revisit it. And then we said, okay, like, how do we sum this up into simple one word adjectives? And then we, we built that list and then we came back and we all sat with that list and we said, hey, we want to revisit this list. And then we whittled it down further. So it finally got to the point where we distilled it down you really want anywhere between, I think it's three to six, I think it's the number, no more than six and no less than three. Four to five would be ideal. We just couldn't figure out a way to get, I really wanted it at five. I just couldn't figure out how to take one of these away. So now that I'm here, we just had a conversation this morning because we're in growth mode and we're looking at saying, okay, this is our litmus test now. Anyone who's going to potentially join this team would need to hit every one of these six things. And if one of them's missing, they're gone. And furthermore, if our, we have our current team here and, you know, someone's out, gets out of line or they, they misstep, this is, the, this is a great mirror to say, hey, look, are you being accountable right now? That's all you have to say. You don't have to say what you're doing. You just have to just hold the mirror up and say, are you being this right now? And if the team can't honestly, if that team member can't honestly look at themselves and deeply think about whether they are or not being that objectively, fundamentally, they have to go anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you being coachable? Are you being, you know, is this, is this who you are uh, right now in, in our value system? How many deals is your team doing a year right now? Yeah. So we're going to do probably between 80 and 85 this year. Yep. And how many people on the team? There are four in production, if you were to include myself, but I've really stepped out of production this year. So it's really three in production at this point. What's your average sales price? Average sales price right now is 325, 390. And for you guys that heard us at the very beginning, those were the three questions that threw Tracy Tudor just <laughs> so off her game. Those three questions she started like screaming, could not believe that someone would ask such stupid questions in a real estate podcast. But the but we laugh a little bit around here. The, I've had plenty of uh, good reviews lately and plenty of bad. I actually had somebody tell me lately that I talked too much about 
you know, people and their stories. And I need to get back into the nuts and bolts, but we will, we'll see, man, this is fun getting into this, this stuff with you. Real estate rock stars. Before this next commercial break, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for listening to the commercials that we put in here. This is how we're able to push the podcast to you. This is how we can make sure that we publish so much content and keep providing value. So here we go from one of our sponsors, Rent Ready. All right, guys, we got to be honest here. You've heard so many of the Rent Ready ads over the past really nine to 12 months as they've been one of our flagship sponsors for so much of the stuff that we're doing. You know, Rent Ready is a property management software, and we've told you about this truly working to elevate the entire renting experience for landlords and tenants. But this time, this isn't just a boring old podcast ad. I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to run this on, but it's not just to help you maintain and screen tenants and run leases. This podcast ad is actually a secret. So this month, Rent Ready is releasing a game-changing feature that will help you save a whole lot of time and headache when it comes to crunching numbers on your rentals. I don't even know what it is yet. They wanted me to start doing this and said, so while I can't share it yet, make sure that you stay tuned to the Rockstars podcast for that surprise reveal because we'll have it on good authority that Rent Ready will be letting our listeners know that once top secret feature is ready. So in the meantime, if you're looking to get started on Rent Ready's powerhouse of a platform, I use it for a lot of my stuff. Get signed up, save 50% off on any Rent Ready plan using our special code, Rockstar. 50. So that's 50% off any rent-ready plan when you sign up using our code ROCKSTAR50 at rentready.com. It's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com using the code ROCKSTAR50 for 50% off any of them. And again, listeners, I got to say, thank you for listening to our sponsor ads. And if you have any interest at all in trying you know, any property management software, we appreciate it when you go check out our sponsors, especially the ones where I'm telling you about it myself. Mark, so the so now what's next for the goal list for your team? Yeah, so for our team, we've really been working super hard on, on our systems and processes. Um, when we hired the last time, I added too many people and it really exposed our foundation. And it really showed that our communication systems were inefficient. It, it exposed that, you know, too much of the business revolved around me kind of trying to keep all the plates spinning mm-hmm. and I, cause I simply didn't do a good enough job of communicating expectations and setting up the systems to facilitate success amongst all the, you know, the, the possible sticking points when it gets handed off. So um, we're really drilling down on our systems, making sure that we're in our CRM every day that we're consistently hitting our follow-ups and our to-dos and our touch points. And from there, it's go vertical and, and scale. Yeah. What's your favorite CRM? We're using follow-up boss. Cool. They're actually a new sponsor. The, it might be, it might come live right on this podcast here, but follow-up boss is a new, new sponsor of ours uh, that came on. And I'm, I'm pumped about having them on here as one of the sponsors of the podcast. Cause so many people do say that answer, you know, so many people are excited about that. So maybe listeners right now, you, maybe you've already heard my ad, but it's a real deal. The Mark is one of the guys using it. I promise that wasn't staged. What, what's their, What's your item of, uti- of utility that you're giving us for the uh, for the toolbox? You know, for yep. listeners that are new, you go to hybendigital.com. You can go say sign up for our toolbox, and everybody we interview gives us something, gives us some of these tools that they can come on and share. Yeah. So first of all, just to go back to the follow up, boss. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used um, Conversion. 
And I think follow-up also gives you the most uh, integrations mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. So I'm, I'm saying that purely objectively, I don't have an ounce of, I don't have a one horse in the race with follow-up boss, but I spent a ton of time at analyzing possibilities and trying to boil it all down to what makes the most sense. And that's what seemed to integrate the best with us. So just quick plug for them there, just on an objectivity basis, purely objective follow-up boss has been the best one that we've found as of late. Yeah. But once again, the best CRM is whatever one you use. So just use your CRM. Use one. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, like use one, find one. The And if you have one that works, stick with it. Yep. Uh, but as far as our item of utility, I added a, a spreadsheet that I've spent thousands of dollars building out. I have a guy that um, was fortunate enough to be in my world and helped me right when COVID went down. He's been the one that's been instrumental in helping us build some of our systems. Because I'm good at it to a degree, but trying to be an ops and production at the same time is particularly challenging. And um, in this spreadsheet, it has all inputs with um, data verification tabs to help you automatically calculate and track your spreadsheet and in, in your production so that all of your, you know, you, you see your pending cash flow for the next 30 days, the next 30, 31 to 60 days, the next 61 to 90 days. And you can see your, what you're actually taking home as a result of um, your, your gross commission income relative to your net commission income, especially when you have agents that are cost of sales. Yeah. And then it has everything by quarter broken down by source. So super in-depth spreadsheet that gives you crystal clear analytics on your organizational performance. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's going to be super helpful being able to track money and finance. We've had a lot of people reaching out to me lately and say, Hey, tell us more about like how to run the back end of our business. Do we use an LLC or an S corp? Do you run payroll? How do you make those decisions? And uh, that tool that you're providing, I think it's going to help a lot with some of that planning. So, hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners, this is a commercial break, but this is a quick commercial break for you guys. See, have any of you ever wanted to host your own podcast? Have any of you guys thought about launching a podcast, but it seemed overwhelming, didn't quite know what to do? You know, something that we're thinking about launching right now or something that we're, you're starting to launch right now, I don't know how many people we're going to help with, is we want to find listeners like you that want to launch their own podcast seemed a little bit overwhelming on what to do next. And we're going to start a service where we're going to help you guys figure out how to schedule your podcast, how to do the interviews. Our backend team will do everything that we do for the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. We will edit the show for you. We will publish it. We will help you with your social media and your images to really grow it. So I think our plan right now is you know three or four podcasts a month for up to three or four podcasts a month. The cost will be between 500 bucks and a thousand bucks a month to help you guys publish and launch your own podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, be sure to reach out to us. Go find me on Instagram. Send me a message on there. It's at Aaron and Steak. All right, back to the podcast. Mark, as we're as we're coming toward our end of, end of the podcast, I know you've been doing kind of so much investing lately. One of the things we've told people over the last year: don't just be an agent. You need to diversify. I mean, being an agent is a full-time job. It is a great career, but it's a way to make a lot of money and figure out how to scale that money and invest. I know investing is one of the things that that you do. And you were telling me that one of your favorite ways to do that right now is like through kind of through syndications, like yep. the benefits of you know doing a syndication. Talk. What is the benefit? Of, what is a syndication? What's the benefit of doing a syndication? Yeah. So syndication is a 
it's basically where you pool funds together from a bunch of different people to buy a larger asset and you own a fractional percentage of the asset. So for instance, if you know, everyone thinks that investing in real estate means that you have to go buy, you know, like a condo or a townhouse, a single family, and you have to put down 20% or 25% or whatever is required in your area. And then you have to, you know, renovate it, find the tenant, and then, you know, then it cash flows and you got to collect the rent, deal with all the maintenance. And that's what I thought, you know, real estate, investing in real estate had to be until I found syndication about five years ago. And it just totally changed my view of real estate investing. And especially as a real estate professional, somebody who's a full-time real estate professional, syndication investing is incredibly powerful. I mean, I have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars of bonus depreciation in the last four years, hundreds of thousands. That means if I had $100,000 taxable income and I had $100,000 loss on a K-1 on a syndication that I was invested in, it effectively netted that income to essentially zero. So if you're in a 20% tax bracket, it saves you $20,000 in real money today. Yeah. So as a real estate professional, syndication investing is, in my opinion, there is no more powerful way to invest as a real estate professional. That is fascinating. And the yeah, what's one way to in increase your profits by 20 or 30% uh, right now would be to figure to not pay taxes on your 20 or 30% <laughs> and to be able to do it legally, right? Like the, the, that's been a really interesting thing in real estate investments lately. I haven't seen it as much in syndications, but I've seen people are going, oh no, I'm buying this commercial building because then I get this depreciation and then I take a loss over here. And it's really, really interesting as a way to stimulate more uh, investments. I didn't realize I had as much as the same power inside a syndication. Well, Mark, I know people are going to reach out to you. They're going to want to get to reach out and hear more about your core values and how to go through that. They might reach out and see how they can invest. You know, They're going to have questions on how your spreadsheet works or they want to hear more about the syndications that you're working on. So what's, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? And what are the sorts of things you would like them to reach out to you for? Uh, yeah. So my newest thing that I'm working on now, um, you know, my team is what's been great is I have some amazing people. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without having the people in my life. If you, when you find good people on your team, keep them, treat them like gold, pay them well, and give them opportunity for, you know, upside. So it's my one piece of wisdom before I start, but if you want to learn more about the spreadsheet, how to use it, I'd be happy to, to help you with that. Best way to reach me is uh, mark at hfireholdings.com. And um, you know, what I've actually been able to do because I have spent the time to build the team and the systems and you know, get out of the day today is I've been able to um, partner with one of my good friends, uh, colleagues of mine, Sergio and Corinna Tamare. And uh, I've been doing self-storage syndication investing for about the last year and a half now. So we have been working on, um, you know, we syndicate self-storage and um, give people the ability to invest in self-storage properties and invest passively. And um, you have to be accredited investor, million net worth, or at least 200,000 in individual income or 300,000 in married income. But we have the ability to go and um, help people invest in self-storage with a fractional ownership. So I can reach at the same address. Very cool, man. I'm checking out your website right now, hfirecapital.com for Hearthfire Holdings. And you guys have, I'm good friends with Sergio. The It was funny before you hit recording and started this, I didn't know that you were in business uh, with Sergio, but we just yeah. had a lot of fun hanging out in Colorado for a couple of weeks. And, but you guys have a lot of stuff built out on there. It shows your uh, portfolios for your storage units 
uh, kind of your team, a whole bunch of other stuff. Mark, the uh, great to get to chat with you on here, man. Great to hear the story of what you're doing. I love uh, the ideas of your core values. I love the ideas of how real estate agents could invest in syndications to help offset so much of that taxable income that successful agents uh, can get out there. And really just love your story. And thank you for listening to the podcast for so many years. You said every oh, day dude. for years you were listening to the podcast. Every day in the shower, dude. I, I subscribe to the Tony Robbins No Extra Time. And God bless my wife because she would put up with it every morning. But it'd be like 6 a.m. and I'd be blasting the podcast. And I'd be taking a shower. And there's some way she's like, you need to turn that down. Yeah. She's like, why are you waking me up to this? You guys, you don't understand, but it really is like going to school, man. What a tip. The And right now, you know, if you guys are out there listening and you're somebody that's blasting this in the shower or blasting this in the car while you're driving Uber and thinking about becoming an agent or you've become an agent and you're trying to be better, I appreciate all of you listeners. And I can't wait to have all of you guys on here. So don't forget, if you are starting to crush it in your business, reach out to me. It's time to get you on the show. I know a lot of people are like, when they finally reach out, they're like, I didn't think you'd want to interview me, but now it was a lot of fun. Like reach out. If you're somebody that has something to add value and you're listening, you know what people need to hear. So come join us. So real estate rock stars, thank you for listening today. And Mark, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Aaron. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at aaronamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.